I just Mr. Miyagi this gnat. Good job. Really? I mean, you only yeah. tried. I only saw you trying for the last like hour, but <laughs> that's how it goes. You don't the. Uh, I had a really clever analogy, but it's gone. I mean, you don't fear the man who's practiced a thousand kicks. You fear the man who's practiced one kick a thousand times. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I no, I'm straight up like the the Indiana Jones. Like, there's a person like doing all these cool sword moves, and he just pulls out the gun and shoots him, and like walks away with the bugs. I just I got the bug assault gun, and I'm just like, any <laughs> sense of dexterity or skill or speed or talent, it's gone. Salt. Well, salt. they they like to the gnats like to hang out right in front of my monitor, and so I don't yeah. want to fire no, up my I 4K know. monitor <laughs> with a salt gun. I have that same issue too, when it's like on the TV or the monitor. I'm like, let me just shoot it away. Okay, now it's on a wall. Okay, blamo. Mm-hmm. Blammo. Yeah. Blammo. Uh so uh let me let's let's clap ourselves in here. Are we ready? Alright, ready. But you can't check your six. It's kinda like you know taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom Tom. Welcome to Stephen C. at All. This is episode 29. I'm Aaron. I'm Zach. I'm Hans. We didn't and no one's given me the same time. energy that I came into this with. <laughs> no, it's because as soon as you said that, I realized that we didn't actually say our names in the last episode because I didn't introduce myself. We were out of practice. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We're getting back into the flow. Back into I'm the flow. Hans. I'm ready to talk about Against the Dark. <laughs> You I'm, should be because this is one of the most exciting Seagal films uh, that we've had in a while. What? Because it, what? Because Seagal has like four lines in this one. <laughs> he has a grand total uh, of maybe four minutes on screen too. <laughs> okay, so before we recap or anything, overall, not even if you liked the movie or not, movie was good or not. Did you have yeah. a good time watching this? Yay or nay? So my first, no, no. yay or nay? Uh, yay. Hans. Oh, can I give? <sighs> yay. But oh, okay, I'm with a, out. Oh wow! There's really? a caveat to my I'm answer, but there is a big. This. There are a lot of caveats. Okay, okay, to my yeah, that's fair. But I wanted yeah. the, the quick air. Okay, let's go. Uh, because I'm going to say my first note uh, <laughs> as I was watching this movie was, "Oh, thank goodness, something weird." <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Was this one weird? <laughs> Like, finally, we're getting something just weird. Weird in tone and setting and plot and pacing. And not, like, because we've had some movies in the past that were, like, weird. But, like, then you go back and do the the behind-the-scenes research and you find out it was supposed to be way weirder and more interesting and was just ruined. Because the Seagal comes on set. And we've said this many times. It's like, oh, this movie is about alien vampires? No, it's, like, drug addicts. That's what it's about now. Um, aliens on a submarine? No, the submarine will last for five minutes. Not doing a submarine. Um, we were robbed. Like they say, we Seagal could do something interesting, interesting, and movies. he goes, "No, no, same boring stuff. Same thing I've done twenty times." <laughs> yeah, in this movie, uh, it's about zombies, and he says, "No, make them vampires who yeah. act exactly like zombies." Yes. Uh, there we go. <laughs> don't change the makeup. Make, don't change. Don't change make literally no anything. Just, uh, Just control all them vampires. Find, yeah, control F in the script. Zombies replace with vampires. They act exactly like zombies. They do everything zombies do. Just everyone in the movie just happens to call them vampires <laughs> for no reason at all. Um. 
So in this movie, I would talk about what Steven Seagal does, but like we said, Not he much. is in this movie for maybe five minutes. Um, <laughs> he shows up and kind of swings a sword around and end of sentence. And that's the best yeah. way to describe it, too. He kind of swings a sword around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so many quick cuts. You can't tell what he's doing with that with that dowel. He's, he's like walking around in this zombie apocalypse with like a Chinese dowel, like, like a Chinese saber. And he's holding it in the dumbest way possible as he's like walking around town. Um, but anyway, uh, so here's the, the recap. Uh, well, it is a it. zombie apocalypse. I'm sorry. It is a vampire apocalypse. Mm, yes, <laughs> there yes. is a virus. Thank you. Which, tur- a virus that makes you a vampire. Yes. <laughs> which turns people into vampires. <laughs> Who, let me just tell you, these vampires, you might be thinking like, you know, people in dark clothing avoid sunlight, you know, allergic to garlic or whatever, drink blood. No, 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 no. These vampires... <laughs> Eat human flesh, mm-hmm. shuffle yes. around mindlessly. Yeah. They look if, like the walking if dead. they like bite or scratch you, they infect you, and you eventually become one yourself. You might mm-hmm. think I'm yep. describing zombies, but no, no those I are want you to throw that away. Yeah. Classic vampires. All, That's a vampire. All the vampire. Classic vampires. Yeah. Um, so we have two groups of survivors who find themselves in this gigantic hospital like the world's biggest it's got the be. world's largest hospital that's the only way this movie works it's <laughs> if this hospital is like 15 stories tall even though they state in the text of the film that it's a three-story hospital <laughs> uh and what they're trying to do is to get to what they call the main security door which apparently is the only safe way out of this hospital even though a standard <laughs> hospital has like 10 entrances and exits and is also apparently just like a like a great like a garage door that just like kind of yeah it's just like a (laughs) it's just like a rolling garage door um the main security door and they need to get out now what adds tension to the film is that this whole thing takes place the entire movie takes place in one night uh and apparently they need to get out of there before (laughs) sunrise because at sunrise like the backup generator which powers the door will die and they won't be able to open the door if they don't get there in time yes even yes. though that's not how doors everything you said has made sense yes um and so Ign- there are these ignoring two how they all got in they can't go yeah, they all got in different ways they can't go back out that, those they have no, to go no, no, no. to the secure door like you actually see one of the groups of survivors coming in through a window like they put a ladder up to a window and climb in and they're like, the only way we can get out, they're standing next to the window they came in and they're like, the only way we can get out of here is to get to the main security doors. I know because I was like a nurse in this hospital for some reason. Uh, like we need to get to the main security door, which is down in like the parking garage underneath the hospital. It's the only way out, even though you just watched us climb in through this window. Uh, and anyway, so well, these, these two groups of survivors, what? Yeah. I was going to you mentioned like they have to get out by daybreak because like the generator will shut off. And they won't have access to the door. The movie makes yeah. a very interesting choice to also have a much higher stakes reason that they need to be out before daybreak <laughs> oh. that none of the characters even know about. <laughs> no, there is a so, whole other tension that they yeah. are clueless as to. Also, so <laughs> I, it doesn't you, matter. I haven't mentioned Seagal at all. That's because he's in actually the B plot. <laughs> which has much higher stakes but way than less a tension garage door. 
because <laughs> nobody knows about it. Uh, so Seagal is the leader of a pack of what are called hunters. Uh, so Stephen Seagal uh, and other the two girl hunters who don't matter because they die. Both of them die without <laughs> uttering a single line throughout the whole movie. They walk around in leather and high heels and like the zipper on their jackets undone just so you can see their cleavage. And they both die without doing anything Seagal or saying does not anything. not wear high heels as well. It's just the girls. That <laughs> it's syntactically, just the girls. that left some ambiguous room that Seagal could be wearing high heels as well. He unfortunately is not. They do the boring <laughs> No, he wears his standard Seagal outfit, which is a long leather trench coat. <laughs> Um, and he also has another guy with him named Taggart, apparently. I don't think they ever say his name. Uh, he carries around a submachine gun. He's played by uh, Tenoi Reed. I'm sorry mm-hmm. if I mispronounced your name. You may recognize him as a stuntman in, like, every Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> uh, well, specifically actually... the, sp- the stunt double for his cousin, who is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes. Uh, so he is pretty famous. Uh and I thought he was going to be the most famous person in this. Until you find no, out no, 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 that the, no, no. the oh hunters goodness. are being sent in yes. by oh, none other than yes, Keith yes, David. Yes, 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 yes. As soon as I heard him baby. start talking. He was, yes. his, first lines, his first lines, he wasn't even on screen. Like yes. someone, was, someone was talking to him and he came on in the background. I was like, whoa, 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 what? It's like, wait a second. Is that yes. Keith David? And then he comes on screen. I'm and like, holy Keith crap, it's David. Keith David. Insane. And it Back. is frustrating it is deeply <laughs> upsetting how good this man is in everything <laughs> you cannot well, bring so... him down he is 10 out of 10 in this movie well it's I... because he doesn't share a single scene with Seagal. <laughs> i was like so mad i was looking through his filmography i okay a small aside from like talking about this actual movie that we gather here to talk about i just want to talk about keith david for a second oh please, please. Any day. so keith, Where's david, the keith david podcast looking at uh his imdb page he's been acting since 1979 he's been in acting since 1979 uh, and he's had like small roles in like a lot of little things some things that you might mm-hmm. recognize mm-hmm. Um, like I I don't know. He was in he was one of the he was in the thing. Uh, he was in a few episodes of Mister Rogers. Uh, he was in Platoon. But he not, was the best part of the sixth season of Community. Uh, but so but like in his early career since 1979, I wouldn't say his early career like for a long time since 1979, he's been in like little things like little background things. He's just struggling to break through and find something. 2009, the year this movie came out, was a watershed year for Keith David. God bless Keith David in 2009. God bless Uh, Keith David every year. So he was just coming off of the high of uh, Halo 2 and Halo 3. This was what, like a year or two after Mass Effect? Yeah, this is right after. This was uh, two years after Mass Effect. In 2009, the same year as Against the Dark, he was in... Behind Enemy Lines, Coraline, Against the Dark, The Hitman Diaries, Blue, Don McKay, Forgive Us Our Transgressions, Pastor Brown, The Butcher, Gamer, All About Steve. Oh, my God. An episode of Numbers, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, The Princess and the Frog. Uh, and then the next year he did Mass Effect 2 and like a whole bunch of things. Uh, he's the voice of the Arbiter in Halo mm-hmm. 2 and Halo 3, which I yeah. didn't realize. And he did an excellent job in that. Uh, this is post-Halo. Same year, uh, this is the same year as uh, 
his role in the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 as Sergeant Foley. Uh, and I, I actually had to like do a double take on this one. I didn't realize Princess and the Frog was this old. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 2009. But this was like a watershed year for him. Actually, related because, to this, probably yeah. my favorite Keith David like voice acting fact is that in like 2008 he's hired to play a character in Saints Row 2 and then like everything that you described and more happens so by the time you get to Saints Row 4 he plays Vice President Keith David like they hired him as a voice actor (laughs) and then he became so famous he became known as Keith David that they just put him in the game as Keith David and also the guy he was already playing (laughs) yeah perfect yeah and so from here on he just like skyrockets in popularity you go Keith David well deserved this well is deserved. Just, I don't even have a fun pun title for it. Just the Keith David fan cast. Just I love you, yeah. Keith David. The Keith David <laughs> fan cast. And with that voice, how did it take him so long? <clears throat> well, because they're like Keith, Keith David. David, the guy from two of the Sculpt movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, no, I'm Keith just, David no. from Halo. Keith David from Call of Duty. Keith, Keith David was, from Mass Effect. He was in Fallout in '97. No, he's had he's had some good roles the whole time planescape torment yeah wow he's been on the video game front for a while now yeah anyway, uh so there's a plot anyway. to this movie <laughs> oh yeah so, up. <laughs> uh the hunters are civilian contractors who work for the united states military who's trying to like work on this whole vampire problem uh it's funny when they call them contractors <laughs> working on the problem it sounds like they're in a cubicle like typing away at no 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 uh military contractors it, they're mercenaries they are sent in to this like section of the city in order to clear it of civilians because the military is going to send in airplanes to just bomb the whole thing and destroy it because they know that there are a bunch of vampires there. And as far Uh, as I can tell, when they say the section of the city, like sector 17 or whatever, as far as I can tell, it is literally this hospital. It is just the the world's biggest hospital. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so Seagal and his team, his crack team, are sent in to make sure that there are no civilians in the area before they bomb it. And apparently, Keith David is being told by his superiors... Oh, Keith David, his character's name is Lieutenant Waters. I don't care. They refer to him as a colonel throughout the entire movie, but on the IMDb page, he is a lieutenant. Doesn't matter. On the Wikipedia page, he's Lieutenant Colonel Waters. Oh, well, okay, there you go. (laughs) Lieutenant Colonel. It's both of those things. (laughs) Uh, But... uh, so it's their job to like clear the area of civilians because apparently at sunrise they must bomb Sector 17. There is no explanation given for this other than <laughs> Keith David saying, I'm sorry, boys. Those are my orders. I can't help it. Well, and it's really just that he's like, oh, okay. He's like, let's let's go ahead and bomb. And someone's like, no, please don't. There's like maybe people in there. And he goes, okay, let's wait. And then he like gets a call. It's just like if you have a boss who's like kind of a micromanager, yeah. that's like, hey, why isn't this like, why isn't this spreadsheet done? Like, that's literally just his reason is like, ah, they, <laughs> my boss called and said he wants the bombing done so I can give you till sunrise. But, like, their timeline for bombing changes four times throughout this movie. And then he yeah. says something like, "I, you, you know me, I hate to bomb innocent civilians if I don't have to, but those are my <laughs> orders. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whoops, what you gonna do? Anyway. So the... the two groups of survivors spend the entire movie just walking through the hospital and like they get up to problems kind of like there's one group that's like a found family they're not, i don't think they're actually related no 
because it's like a man and a woman who are about the same age and then like a teenage guy or maybe like early 20s guy and like a young girl yeah and then there's the other group which is like a they're a couple and they like have to team up and some of them die like the the teenage boy he's like a stoner and so because he gets super high one time he gets eaten by vampires because he can't make it out of this like storage room and every time he goes to like pop a whole bunch of pills everybody just looks at him and says don't do that and he says all right and then he does it anyway and then they just roll their eyes it's like a like a 70s uh, i don't know it's it's weird yeah it's like a cartoon and like no one ever says no like seriously don't do that like we need you to be alive because we're trying to survive this or like that's one way to take it or you could just like lean into the you know depressing nature of this whole thing and say hey whatever like nothing really matters we're all gonna die anyway so go for it i guess like either of those options would be fine but again one of these seagal movies tries to split the difference and do neither (laughs) uh so they go through the whole movie they walk through this hospital trying to find the main security door quote unquote uh, most of the people die, uh, <laughs> except you... for the man from one group, the woman from the other group, and then the kid. <laughs> they all live uh, and have like a newfound family, and they're saved by Seagal and The Rock's cousin. Um, and then the movie just kind of ends. Oh, and they bomb the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <and then> he <laughs> flies in, bombs the... the hospital, and the movie's over. They get three steps out of this hospital door and like seven planes fly in and carpet bomb the entire area like five times like they drop bombs drop bombs drop bombs drop bombs and then the people made it out safely like because their foot crossed the threshold of this hospital you see like the door closing behind them and then the zombies vampires exploding (laughs) <laughs> and the people just uh, they're walking off they're in a completely different like they're just like if they find a pickup truck and they're driving away yeah. now dear listener i know it sounds like that was that recap might not have made a whole lot of sense when aaron just said over and over and over again they're walking through the hospital that was the whole movie that was, <laughs> that was it they were just walking through the hospital and they kept saying all of these hallways lead to the same place. It was like some it doesn't matter which like way we a go, fairy tale. Yeah, all of these roads lead to the to the Magic Kingdom, whatever. No, all these hallways lead to the security doors. We just have to keep following the hallways. They all get separated in like eighteen different ways, and they all well, get separated have... with like each Ugh. different groups, and it just they split up, and it's it's complete madness. So, like we talk about, it's it's a trope at this point that in horror movies, like they'll just decide to split up or whatever. Yeah. But there, there is literally no reason no. given for no. them to split up all the times that they split up. I don't want like, hey, let's split they'll up just say, I'm going to go check this hey, out this and then blocked. walk around let's the corner. And other ways. No, no, at least five no. different times. I counted at least five different times where like the man of the group would go check something out and turn around and say, if you hear anything, run. And they always yeah. do. They run the other way, even if the guy is totally fine. They run the other way, and all of a sudden, totally fine split at up. like fifteen feet in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> just like... Except and now it's they're impossible split up. to tell. It's in, just the way this whole movie is shot. It's impossible to tell where anything is in relation to anything else. Yeah, you don't and know which primary... group is which and who's who. Yeah, and... it's I think also the primary worth reason mentioning. for that. Go for it. It's, it's worth also worth mentioning. mentioning. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. 
uh, well, I think the primary reason for not knowing where anything is in relation to anything else it's is because, like, in the narrative, this hospital is absolutely gigantic. There is no hospital big enough to support the narrative of this film. No. No. Like, so this so is... they have to shoot it in all these, like, crazy close-ups. Because if you showed the actual geography of the building, you would recognize instantly, we've been down this hallway like eight times. <laughs> so this what is worth mentioning, though, is that when we talk <laughs> about these groups that just kind of move and split up for no reason or whatever, that in this Steven mm-hmm. Seagal movie, <laughs> that the vigilante mercenaries who are you know sent in to find and rescue the survivors... Although I can't even really tell if they were sent in or they just happen to be there and the military <laughs> happens to know they're there. Like, it's a little whatever. unclear. Yeah, but they'll just randomly like show up and be like, "Hey, let's help you, the survivors," and then just like leave them and go do their own thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yes. Like oh, at multiple the end, times, like whenever there's only like three survivors left or whatever, he Seagal makes this whole big show. Like he walks past the woman who just like killed a vampire zombie like you know in the last scene goes up to a man who's done literally nothing the entire movie hands him a gun and says that's a fully automatic pistol so oh, it'll be gone in so a, it's, not, it's not a fully automatic it's, it's, it's not automatic. it's only ever used as a semi-automatic like when he fires he it he fires says, one shot at a time he even says it goes quick so you don't want to run empty so don't use it all in one place gives him the gun and then like it's leaves not, and then like Th- that guy dies and then like Seagal and his like one remaining mercenary friend just like kind of oh hey we're back and like join up with them again yeah. but they just went and just kind of fought they didn't even say we'll hold him back or anything they oh, just no. go and just kind of mess around with zombies while the other group messes around with zombie vampires and then rejoin and get in and like like that is the entire well, movie well and the survivors group the survivors group will sometimes just leave them. Like, they, they finally... I, I have in my notes, it is... Hold on, hold on. I thought I had it. Maybe I don't have it written down. It is literally maybe 45 minutes or so into the movie before Seagal and his cronies meet up with the main cast of this story. Yes. Like, they're shown in, like, 30-second clips... Every five minutes or so, you get like a 30 second clip of Seagal and his cronies walking through the streets and Seagal will say, go, you know, check out that door. Make sure that that's those street is that street is clear. Something like that. Stupid. And then that's it. That's all you get of him. And or, then you get like five, ten. Just kind of wave his sword around and some zombie vampires die in front of him. Or yeah. he will just walk up, do like a cock his double barrel shotgun that is not a pump action <laughs> shotgun. But they'll play the <laughs> noise, and he'll just shoot a zombie through the chest, and then yeah. just back to the survivors. And that's it. And then you're minutes. you're back to the survivors. 10, 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is. And then you get back, and you have another thirty minute, thirty second like clip of Seagal. It's so strange. Mm-hmm. So it is literally halfway through this movie that they actually finally meet up. They're saved. They have people with weapons. They have people that like know how to kill these vampires, and then they just like leave. They don't follow them. Yeah, they just they just. Take a different like, turn down the hallway. Don't yeah. tell anybody where they're going. Just and, leave. And it's not to go find the people that they mysteriously split up with for no reason. Nope. It's it's just like, oh, I'm going to go this way now. And it's mm-hmm. it just doesn't... It's so It was so frustrating. It was okay. so also, frustrating to watch because it was just garbage. <laughs> it's so funny because there's one bit where, like, legitimately the one guy in the group gets, like, kidnapped. 
and it's this like evil scientist guy who <laughs> yeah, has like a zombie right. vampire daughter but she's kind of just like chill she just hangs out there and he's like oh i work i'm not a zombie vampire but i work with them i feed her and you think this guy is like the big bad and then seagal just like shows up and like shoots him and like rescues no. the guy and don't even talk about it he doesn't even say oh yeah there was this guy with like a zombie vampire daughter like the, he just kind of gets back with the group and he's like huh that was weird anyway yeah yeah and that's it nope. it is so weird like that it's... entire character the mad scientist character why is he there that's the only way i can describe this movie is that it is just frustrating you would have to you would have to try you would have to try so hard to get this lost in any hospital in the or entire like, world. I don't care how many like stupid roadblocks, you know, a whole bunch of crap in the hallway yeah. put there. You could go another way. Hospitals are grids. Like they are they are meant to be traversed easily. This is not it's not oh, it's just and so you know what they're not frustrating to, be to watch. hard to get out of. <laughs> yes. This is like, so stupid. It's so or, stupid. Or uh like they're one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Uh, the little girl, Charlotte, I say little girl, she's probably like 13, 14, uh, Charlotte, played by Sky Bennett, who the yes. same year recorded the voice for the GPS in Euro Truck Simulator. <laughs> okay, wait, okay, honestly, <laughs> we're skipping ahead when we talk yeah. about the people's interesting, like, filmography. Sky <laughs> Bennett probably does have the most interesting one because she yeah. was also in an earlier Steven Seagal movie. She plays yeah. his daughter. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, she's his daughter in um um which one is it? Uh Shadow Man. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. And then she's in like American and Euro Truck Simulator. And then if you're a Super Smash Brothers fan, you're gonna hate this because she's uh Pyra and Mithra from the Xenoblade Chronicles series. I haven't played yeah. those games. I know they're in Super Smash Brothers and a lot of huh. people don't like that. Um but yeah, she just does like video game voice acting. Yeah. Sure. So good for her. But yeah, this is uh, her second Steven Skull movie. And Keith David's second Steven Skull movie. We have alumnus wow. in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, my favorite scene is with her. She gets separated from the group for absolutely no reason. Uh, because yeah. she, is, she is left alone with one of the adults. And one of the adults says, I'm going to go this way now. You stay here. Stay safe. If you hear anything, run. And then, of course, <laughs> for no she reason. does. And so she runs away and gets lost in this hospital. And so she's like going down this hallway. And she's like trying to hide behind like a stack of boxes or whatever, but there's like a human head like wedged between a box and the wall. She's freaks out, runs like 10 feet and sees like a blanket in the pillow on the floor and just decides to like take a nap in the hallway. Yes. <laughs> and then like this, this vampire thing vampire. comes over and like starts like stroking her head. Um, it's like very creepily and then gets found and shot and whatever uh yeah seagal uh, shows up out of nowhere and saves oh, her yeah 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 and saves her but okay, and then so, walks away okay <laughs> let's can i can i shift gears on this for a little bit let's talk can about I, genre so real, before genre? you do that i have one yeah. more thing to mention because i don't oh, i do. all everything else is fine like we've, we've covered it it's a stupid movie none of it makes any sense whoever wrote it's mm -hmm. a complete idiot i i i, I won't back uh, down on I'm that sorry matthew quickstein Sorry, Matthew Clickstein, you you messed up on this one. <laughs> My biggest problem with this movie, the this was what this was two thousand nine, yeah, two thousand nine. Yes. The like mid to late aughts were like jam packed with zombie everything. Like e oh, everything was zombies. It was you couldn't escape this was, from it. This was the year before The Walking Dead 
came out was I think yeah. Walking Dead came out in 2010. This was uh, Zombieland was 2009. This I, is about the time of like the Zombie Survival Guide book. Do you remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Like this, this was Call a Call of Duty has zombies, Red Dead Redemption has zombies. Yeah, everything is yeah. zombies. This is wildly popular at this time. Just outrageously popular. It is difficult to make a zombie movie this bad <laughs> in well, that climate. Yeah. It so, was so ridiculous. And I think the, the the most aggravating part of all of it is that zombie movies and zombie anything, everything is about this it's if you remember when uh, The Walking Dead was really popular and everybody kept saying mm-hmm. it's not about the zombies, it's about the people. You have to, you have to, you have to this, yeah. the story's about the people and how they survive. Because zombies as a in, creature are boring. Exactly. The people in this movie are the dumbest survivors of any of these movies because they just, as they're traversing this hospital, none of them have any weapons. None of them have any, any like gun, no. sword, machete, whatever we would have. But they don't even try to, like, make them. They don't even try to, like, get a no. piece of furniture or a pipe or a two-by-four even. They just, like, let themselves get attacked by zombies and then throw them into the wall and run away. They don't yeah. grab for a chair to smash over their heads. They don't, like, try to fashion a sword or grab a screwdriver. It's, like, it's so frustrating to watch because every single time they get attacked by zombies... They just get attacked, and then they throw them on the floor and run away, and then they get attacked again and throw them on the floor and run away. And then they get attacked again and throw them on the floor and run away. And then they get attacked again, and then they die. It's exactly. I don't understand how you could screw this up, yeah. this concept. I don't understand how you can screw it up well, this bad in the time that this was made. I know, Zach, I wanna, you've had I your hand up for a while. I want to talk about genre in a second. I just yeah, had Zach, to get that You have your hand out. up. Go for it. Well, I just had a quick question for Hans. You're saying in 2008, 2009, like, it was impossibly, like, stupidly easy to get, like, funding and have the ability to make, like, a zombie movie. Like, it's impossible to mess up a zombie movie. You should be able to make a zombie movie easy. Um, Hans, this is a vampire movie, so, so maybe you should lay off them a little bit. That was what you had? That's why you had your hand raised? Have you ever considered so, how hard it would be to make a good vampire movie in 2008, 2009? So that's what I want to talk about. Um, let's talk about genre for a second. Let's be actual film critics. Mm, let's do yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, let's do uh, some genre yes, criticism here. Because I'm, yes. I'm just frustrated now. I'm let's, irritated. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this into a real academic space here. Mm, uh, yes, yes, let's yes. be genre critics for a second. Mm, let's look at this through the lens of genre criticism. Yes, so, mise en scène. Yes. In the, in the, <laughs> yeah. Let's put our mise en place. And uh, so in the horror genres, right? So this is, I think this has a lot of the framing of a horror movie or like a horror action movie, even though there's very little action. Well, there's action, but it all sucks. So it feels like there's no action. (laughs) Um, There's like, what defines the different kinds of movie monsters are the rules. Like there are rules about vampires, rules about zombies. Uh, There are rules about, you know, Frankenstein's monsters, things, you know. Sort of universal Um, guidelines. Yeah, universal guidelines. Uh, This tries to kind of split the difference in a couple ways. What are the rules? I I actually struggled throughout the movie to figure out what are the rules with these zombies. Because they... We've been calling them vampires the whole time. The movie calls them vampires. They are, from what I can tell about how the genre works, these are zombies. But they're like a little bit different. They just borrow like a couple things from vampires, which actually makes the zombies, I think less interesting or 
potentially more interesting, but the movie has no idea how to capitalize on that. Well, okay. See, that's the thing. The part that sticks out to me, the part that is very strange is that when it begins, like we've, we can joke about, haha, they're, they call them vampires, but they're really zombies. Ignore that. Just call them zombies the whole time. You're fine. The part that's really weird to me is that they're just like bloodthirsty and uh, eating guts and gross blood and everything. And then it kind of introduces the fact that like, we like the zombies talk like yeah it some of them the fact talk. that they are intelligent and they're like and that they recognize like hey we're not an aberration we are not a disease we are like the next evolution of humanity like now that the world is full of us you are just going around killing us this is our society we are the next stage of like humanity you are the monsters and like you are the bad guys and then the movie does nothing with that <laughs> no, no, so i thought legitimately when I was like reading up on this movie, first of all, watching this movie, I thought I was losing my mind too. Cause you have the zombie that's just blah, 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 chasing a woman and she shuts the door. And then he literally leans it up to the window and he's like, in like a weird, like early 2000s, like, you know, spy kids, like voice changer, like, come closer. I have a secret for you. Come closer. I w- just want to <laughs> yeah. talk. Just, I just want to talk. Just come closer. And she's like, no. And he's like, <laughs> please. <laughs> and like multiple of these zombies say, like, we're the next evolved creature. But the weirdest thing is, like, I'm looking at people talking about this movie, and I see people comparing it to Blade. I see people, you know, comparing it to other zombie mm. movies. I even see people comparing it to, like, Resident Evil. Like, I'm seeing all these mm. comparisons. No, no, no. I started watching this movie 20 minutes in. I'm like, this is I Am Legend. He made mm. I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie came out in 2009. I Am Legend came out, the movie, in, what, 2007? The book was in, what, like, the 60s or something. But yeah. I never actually saw that. I'm not surprised, but <laughs> you should watch it with the uh, alternate ending, but because uh, that makes a lot more sense. Again, similarly, I Am Legend actually has the same problem if you watch it with the original theatrical ending. Anyway, this is not the, you know, I Am Legend fan cast. No. But I was so confused because they are like, hey, we're evolved. We're not actually the real monsters. You're the real monster. Like, it is quite literally the plot of I Am Legend. I have not seen a single... It's the opposite problem I had with... Uh, under siege is die hard on a boat i thought this was going to be all over everyone was going to be like wow this is i am legend two years later i've not seen a single review or person i'm not saying they haven't but i looked and i have not seen a single person mention this i am legend it is literally i am legend but just dumber and like not actually like (laughs) meaning to be i am legend i can't figure out the plot reason why these zombies sometimes display intelligence and like even smugness at the fact that they're not human like yeah, a character so, gets bit one of the named yeah. characters in for most of this movie gets bitten and at the end now she's like come join us like hey we're actually you should join our side we're the zombies so, like we're cooler that was that was the one that got me because as as far as we were aware as the audience of this movie the the vampires the zombies that's what they are work like normal like like the normal rules like exactly what you were saying Aaron. they work like the normal rules so they would be they they the virus is airborne everyone contracts the virus you can't not contract the virus there's no vaccine they talk about that in the very beginning and then when you die you are reanimated as a zombie i thought that's how that worked turns out that's not how that works no. if you if you are bitten yeah then you just like or turn? even just like scratched or scr- yeah, but the one guy Which was scratched. Which is how it works in and some he... zombie, some zombie media. Like you have to be like bitten or infected directly yeah. by a zombie. Like that's how right, it but, works. But then, you, in, like, but then uh... that infection kills you, and then you are reanimated. This yes. woman was not dead. Oh, she never died. She, 
she no, never she died. Just, like, she was bitten, and then she quote unquote turned extremely fast. She said, "Get out of here, so I don't like hurt you." And then she, you know, three minutes later found them. That's not yeah. exaggeration either. It was there was less than three minutes. Like she was bitten, said, "Get out of here, take the kid. I don't want to hurt you." And then she like turned right back around and said, "I'm gonna get you." And yeah. it was just uh, I like I was so confused because up until that point that hadn't been established. The whole movie worked like normal zombies up until that point. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Yeah. No, this. If you are looking for. We can't even necessarily call them, like, universal themes because, like, our understanding of how monsters work changes over time and changes in different cultures and such. But if you're looking for any kind of cohesive framing for how the monsters in this fiction work, they don't. No. Yeah, the rules change from scene to scene. The rules change from line to line. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because, like, there was this one cutaway to a zombie lady, like, filing her own teeth down. Yep. To make them She's sharper. even credited. She's even credited as woman filing teeth. Nice. Never comes back up. She never comes back up again. You don't see her like, now she has her filed teeth. She like tries to like bite someone. You never yep. see her again. Literally yep. the only thing she does in the movie is file her teeth down. And that There's... was in the very beginning. And it, it yeah. like, it gave a real uh This is our sense... main villain. Yeah. It, it gave me a sense of like, this is what the movie's going to be about. And I was actually kind of kind of psyched about it i was like wow exactly what you said Aaron. like this one is weird like this is weird we don't usually get Steven weird seagal movies like horror. this is yeah. really weird i was like excited also, at the beginning of the movie yeah same and i also like really freaked me out because like teeth grinding like that whole thing oh, like, it's gives me, yeah that's one of those things that gives me the shivers so when i see somebody uh-huh. grinding their teeth away i was like ooh, ooh, I was like, ooh. don't like that and then it you know it never came back up <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, oh, this this feels like a zombie movie, but, like, (laughs) this zombie is intelligent and, like, filing her teeth down, doing, like, weird stuff. Oh, this is great. She's going to be a great villain. Never comes up again. Again, you never see her again. Here's, like, a weird surgeon guy who, like, is working with his infected daughter and he's not infected. Oh, nope. Oh, he's done. Oh, he's dead. It wasn't even a big deal. The guy guy comes back, not even phased. He's like, man, that was weird. (laughs) And, like, he was, like, tied up in his lab and, like, and going to be infected or whatever. And he's just like, oh, okay, I'm back. Sorry about kidnapped that. Kidnapped and was almost fed to a no small one even, child. No one even comments Dang. on it. This is like... No one even comments weird. on it. Nope. Uh, so like God, this movie was frustrating. It's just so... That's well, the only thing I can say. It's so frustrating. If it had, Even if it had chosen, like... If it had stuck with a less complex vision of a zombie, I would have been more fine with it. Yeah. Like, if none of the zombies talked, I think it actually would have been more interesting. Or at least oh, more for cohesive. sure, because then there wouldn't have been the, there wouldn't have been that confusion. There wouldn't have yeah. been the the like with the zombie that that was like pawing at the girl as she was like taking a nap out of nowhere. Yeah, like that. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't follow what did the rules. That add they just to the movie? switch between being completely ravenous back to like oh, display like oh, let me. Ooh, and yeah, it never matters. It doesn't matter. They could and just be bloody and ravenous the whole time, and it'd be fine. That's not to say that you can't. It's not to say that you have to follow the rules. Like you, you can do something completely unique. Like that's yeah, okay. Please, plenty do. of movies do that. Absolutely, but you have to exp- like you have to explain it. You have you have to make your own rules, and you have to make those rules known to the viewer. Yeah. So, like the this one of the rules of horror. Actually, it's kind of a weird paradoxical rule. I don't like horror movies, but I do like movies, and so I read about this. 
Uh, but like one of the things that makes a horror movie actually scary is that the villain can't break the rules. Like there are very strict rules about how a movie monster operates. And when the movie monster begins to break rules, unless you're super, super careful about it. And there are like rules about how he can break rules. The movie monster ceases to be scary and just becomes like confusing. And it takes you out of it. So like it's, one of the things takes you about out of the immersion, like vampires specifically, like because they call them vampires. I'm going to talk about vampires for a second because vampires <laughs> are defined by their rules. They're just humans, except they have these really specific rules. And that's like a vampire is immortal and drinks blood and that like they need to drink blood and you can't kill them very easily. That's what makes them scary. But they have all these limitations that makes them to be like different and otherworldly and adds actually add their limitations add to the horror of the idea of the monster. When in this movie, you're just constantly changing the rules about the monster. Mm -hmm. There isn't really a monster. There are just scenes strung together that have no connection to each other. Like there, there isn't one monster in this movie. There are like five different kinds of monsters depending on what's happening in the scene. And so I never know if anything that the characters are doing is going to be effective or not. Like, I can't say, no, idiot, don't lay down in the middle of the hallway because <laughs> some maybe the zombie will just walk by, pet your head, and keep going. Like, <laughs> because that's kind of what happened. There's no reason to believe that the zombie wouldn't just say, ah, I don't really feel like it today, and keep going. Like, the whole point of a zombie is that they're relentless and almost impossible to kill, and that there are thousands of them. Like, that's what makes them scary. But in this... You never see more than like 10 zombies in a room at a time. They're very easy to kill. Like you can shoot them in the gut and they'll fall over and die. One zombie, I wrote in my I wrote in my notes, does it harm a zombie to get kicked in the balls? <laughs> like, there's one zombie that gets kicked in the crotch and like fall like grabs his crotch and falls over. Like what Why would a zombie care about that? That should that shouldn't hurt a zombie. Like one of the things that makes a zombie is that they're almost impossible to harm. Uh, but sometimes sometimes they act like that and sometimes they don't it's funny they so talk what about monster this, like, am i dealing rules. with um yeah. because sarah was like gone for a conference last week so i just you know the house became like mojo dojo casa house while she was gone nice <laughs> I just played, like tony hawk pro skater and watched what movies yeah. um did you drink some brewski beers had some brewskis um but well, i watched nightmare on elm street and nice. that is just like a classic like Mm-hmm. That is the perfect movie for like, it is oh, it is scarier because there are rules. Like yeah. the characters, like it's their seventh day of not being able to sleep because if they go to sleep, Freddy Krueger can kill them in the dream world, and she's like just trying to stay awake. So there's yeah. a tension when like you find out the guy who's supposed to be like keeping her awake, like he falls asleep, so now she's in danger. Yeah. Like if halfway mm-hmm. through the movie, Freddy's just like, "Hey, what's up? I don't, you're awake. I don't have to be in your dream. I can just kill you now." Uh, like. What was the point of you, all you of lose what we the just sort, Like the yeah. rules don't exist for nerds to memorize like monster movie rules. The rules no. exist to give you like attention. Yeah. Like as long as this doesn't happen, I am safe. Oh no, that just happened. That's horror. Yeah. yeah. And like to see like just to go from a master of the form with Nightmare on Elm Streets <laughs> <laughs> to against the dark. Yeah. <laughs> Could not be more stark. Yeah. It's the the rules in like in horror specifically matter, mm-hmm. and this has not this movie did not decide what the rules are. 
also it is a great tragedy that Seagal is like front and center on the poster for this movie. And this is he's not, oh, he's not the main character. He's not the main character. He's barely he's a so character. He's so far away from being the main he's character. He's a supporting side character for the B plot. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. If okay. anything, it, who was the other guy? Who was the... Um... Taggart. Played Taggart. Played by Tanoi Reed. I, I bet you... I didn't even think about this until right now when you said that. He has more screen time than Seagal. Oh, absolutely. He has more lines. He has more lines. He goes off like on his own to clear out rooms of the hospital to help out the, the survivors. He mm-hmm. has more screens. Like Seagal is. He has fights. You're, you're absolutely right. He's the supporting character of he, the B plot. Keith David, who is literally in like one military tent in like one location the entire movie and whose lines consists of, <laughs> no, let's not bomb yet. Okay, let's bomb soon, <laughs> has more screen time and more lines than Seagal. Yeah. yeah, but it's Seagal. It's it's not even his body. It's his head photoshopped onto somebody's body. It's so obvious on the poster. Okay, so can I talk? Well, it's Seagal holding his sword that he kind of uses sometimes with like two faces that don't look anything. I think it's actually just the same face twice. Doesn't look it anything is. like what any of the monsters look like in the actual no. movie. No, those those look like vampires. Those don't exist in the movie. No, no. no. Um, can I talk about why I was losing my mind? Like. I think legitimately five seconds into this movie starting. <laughs> yeah, Why, go please do. This I click play, and normally it doesn't happen as fast. I am like less than ten seconds in, and I am hooting and I am hollering. Like, I I do not lie. So first of all, one, because this movie opens with both an on-screen dictionary definition of the word infect. <laughs> by the way, that's yeah. my first note. Doing the classic, like, dictionary definition and also opens with a character's opening monologue saying, now we are fighting against the dark. Okay, so but, I actually gave it points for that because this is the first time the in, like, ten, 10 movies that the title has had anything yes. to do with Normally, it's just this is maybe a thing that Seagal thought sounded cool. Yeah. This time, like, the title, I'm like, oh, okay, we're against the dark in the first minute. I understand. Nice. But okay, good. let me... Has Let nothing to do with the rest of the movie, but at least it's in the opening monologue. Well, no, they are. They're fighting against the dark. Both they're they're fighting against oh. the dark of the. What am I looking at? Like the okay. modern times of how zombies take over everything, but they're fighting against. It's like against the clock because they have to get out before morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, this like, is the most relevant has, the title's been. But just yeah. hearing a character say the actual words against the dark in the movie, amazing. But amazing. also. This pops up on screen when it says infect when it's given the dictionary definition of infect. Yeah. So like we'll the pronunciation guide next to it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll include this in like, you know, screenshots or whatever, but it's like just like the word infect, like white text on a black screen with like this kind of like light streaks, like, you know, effects kind of going on. Do yeah. you want to know why this was getting why, into my getting why into did my this core? drive you insane? Oh no. Because <laughs> <laughs> this thing pops up and I just go. Is that the f- Twilight font? <laughs> like, even with the little shimmers kind of, like, coming yeah. off of it. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not exact, but it's that's enough that I'm watching this movie. And it pops up, and I'm like, that's... This is that's the Twilight font. pretty close. <laughs> it is a vampire <laughs> movie. It has the Twilight fonts. <laughs> that eye is, like, really... Yeah. And the... <laughs> The T is not identical. No. It's pretty but close, that's though. It's pretty close. <laughs> it's like the serifs are slightly different. Yeah. But this, like, pops... This is, like, the first thing you see on screen. And I go, I think this movie's using the Twilight font. While a character's reading a monologue where they say the title of the movie. 
and the, the dictionary <laughs> definition of the word infect, which of all the words is not the one I need to find. They should have popped up a definition of the word vampire or zombie. <laughs> That's what they needed to define. <laughs> so I, five seconds in, I thought buckle up and then the rest of the movie just lost me. Like, I think a marker of when a movie is bad is if I'm watching it and I start to think like, I could just go do my laundry right now. And sure enough, I'm watching this. And I'm just thinking I could be folding laundry, and I got my laundry, and I started folding my laundry, and I was folding my laundry while watching this movie because that was a better way to stay entertained. Um. Oh. Uh. So one of my favorite things: this movie will just like introduce new ideas, like into ideas the... in very big quotes. Well, just like new <laughs> rules and new things into the narrative with zero warning and zero context. So, like, maybe, like, an hour and 15 minutes into the movie, one of the characters says, I'm immune, remember? And I have in my notes, no, this is the first you've mentioned it. <laughs> I didn't catch that. An hour and 15 minutes into the Are movie. Are you serious? We discover that one of the characters is immune and has known this the entire time. <laughs> and says to the other character, like, he's about to, like, go into this room to like fight some zombies or whatever. And he says, I'm immune. It's okay. Without I'm immune, a weapon. Remember? It's like, no, this is the first time you've mentioned this. And I specifically, they have mentioned before, you can't be immune to this. Nobody's immune. Everybody's susceptible to this. Like they spell that out pretty yes. clearly earlier in the <laughs> yeah. movie. Everybody was affected. So, so sometimes they'll say everyone is affected. And then sometimes they'll say like certain, there is one like throwaway line that, well, there were like certain people who were immune mm. or like half immune. So some people, when they get infected, don't turn into like mindless flesh eaters, but are like that little girl from the mad scientist guy who just like are pretty much normal. They're just like jerks <coughs> now. Yeah. Uh, she they're just, just like file down and like once to just, flesh, but just normal, but they are cannibals and evil <laughs> retain all their intelligence. They just eat human flesh now. That's pretty much the only difference. Um, so this this throughout this whole movie, they'll just like throw in a new twist, like every twenty minutes or so, uh, that was not foreshadowed, and never referenced again. And not really ex- fully explained. Uh, the only uh, character who actually does get like a plant and then a payoff. Uh, did anybody notice this at the very beginning of the movie? Seagal and his team save a little boy at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. From being eaten by zombies. The boy comes yeah. back at the end of the movie, except now he's a zombie. Oh, was uh, oh, that the same kid? I'm pretty sure that's the same kid. He he was the one that bit the woman who yeah. then turned without dying. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so at the beginning of the movie, we get Seagal saving, quote unquote, this kid. And then just immediately abandoning him. <laughs> like abandoned. he does everyone he, quote unquote, saves. He, uh, says, he says some super cheesy line about how you have to decide whether you want to live or die. And yeah, then yeah, walks yeah. away. Well, no, it's he <laughs> says, uh, child. Oh, what is it? It's like, we don't decide what's right and wrong. Like, oh, this we don't is, decide well, what to do. Oh, we just decide who lives and who dies. This something. is my favorite line of the movie. Oh, uh, yes, I, yes, I wrote yes. it down. We're not here oh. to decide who's right or wrong. We're here to decide who lives and dies. <laughs> sure. What? <laughs> That's the okay. theme of the movie. That really doesn't have... It doesn't have anything to do with anything really that is his longest line in the movie (laughs) yeah no the only other one is similarly illogical well you know the thing of it is we do what we have to do we hunt we kill and then we move on so i think that's the only explanation for why he shows up (laughs) saves them and goes okay see ya 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he moves on. Like he interprets that very literally. Not like, oh, we clear out this area and then we move on to the next one. No, it's literally like, I saved you in this interaction. Okay, I'll see you in five minutes because I'm going to move on and then come back. Yeah. yeah, I saved you from the immediate danger that you're in. I don't care about any future dangers. Yeah, he like if Seagal's you get in trouble like later, American healthcare system. Don't care, not my problem anymore. I saved you from this particular danger. So there was there was uh, one thing that I'll give the movie props for actually. They really well, so in the course of doing something very very dumb, it gets one super specific thing correct, which a lot of things don't. So they get to this one hallway that's like blocked off leads into like the, I think it's like the pharmacy area of whatever the hospital or something. And the hallway is blocked off with a bunch of chairs and there's written in blood over the like door that leads to this hallway. Abandon hope. All ye who enter here. Yes. Yeah. Which I think to some people might sound like a misquote because the way that we often hear that quoted is abandon all hope. Ye who enter here, which is incorrect. John Milton, when he wrote that in Paradise Lost, the original line is, Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. It got it right. So, bravo to that. Everything else about that scene made no sense. Like, if well, they that's a low bar. <laughs> Paradise Lost in this Against the Dark podcast review. Yeah. We've made sure um, to get all the notes that we need to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then uh, one other thing that, really I, just one thing that I like. <laughs> just like some stuff that I liked. Uh, another thing that I like, the girl who's like filing her teeth down. She uh, walks over to a body that she has hanging from the ceiling and, like, cuts it a little bit to, like, have some blood drip down. She holds a coffee mug up to it as, like, that's, like, her morning <laughs> cup of coffee. Uh, and the coffee has a picture of a beagle on it that says, I'm allergic to Mondays. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, Wait, I completely missed that. That's hilarious. <laughs> and she, like, holds that out under this corpse hanging from the ceiling as if it's, like, her morning cup of coffee. That's amazing. That should be in a much better movie. <laughs> yep. Um. Also, this movie is just like super, super gory the entire time. Yeah, well, because they're literally just juggling like intestines, just chilling. Like, hey, yeah. you want some of these? Hey, thanks. I'll have some yeah. of these. See, yeah. But well, they're they're kind of not though. It looks anytime they have somebody that's like you know pawing at a body, it's like they have like a bunch of stained red rags that are all mm-hmm. wet, and like that's yeah. what they're picking up. Like they didn't. The, yeah. the props department didn't. They didn't have enough cash to actually be like picking up bits of intestine, like fake intestines. They just had like wet rags that they Similarly, were. Similarly, I very much, I very much like the scene when the man like goes down the elevator shaft and he's like in the water, and then the zombie gets him. Because a this entire time the zombie's like clawing at and biting him, he is like inches away from like any part of the man. Like, he is biting at the air, like, not even yeah. pretending to bite this guy. <laughs> and also, the whole time, like, you can see the his, like, zombie makeup paint, like, ends at his wrist. And then you see a good couple <laughs> inches of his arm, like, with... <laughs> and you just see yeah. his normal, like, human-toned flesh there. And the same, like, he has it on his <laughs> face. It's like, that. you know, when you don't blend the makeup. Like, yeah. he, you just see his human neck and, like, you see his skin, like, as they flail around because they didn't paint enough of him. For, and, like, <laughs> they had to film it. They had to notice that. It's so much. You're seeing his whole human arm. Yeah. And then, also, like, immediately turned to green at the hand. And they just went, screw no, nope, just we're moving on. That entire scene made absolutely no sense. So, like, the whole team, everybody, gets into this elevator to go down to the bottom <laughs> floor because that's where the main security door is. 
and <laughs> so they make it almost to the bottom floor but then the elevator cuts out because there's like not enough power for them to get down and so Seagal's like there's a trap there's like a access hatch around here somewhere somebody find it and so they do and then they just decide like well one of us has to go down there no you don't you can just like pry Why? the door open like you can get out of this elevator just by prying the door open um but anyway they go through this access hatch and they're like one of us has to go down there and so one of the survivor guys is like oh, i guess i'll do it i'll you know i'll sacrifice myself sacrifice yourself for what and then he goes no down reason. underneath this elevator and the elevator shaft is inexplicably full of water <laughs> and he gets eaten by this water zombie and then dies and then Seagal Water after he j- Seagal like waits until the guy's dead and, and then, then sh- shoots the zombie <laughs> and then closes the hatch and then the elevator gets its power back and they go down to the floor they need to and the door opens and they leave like if everybody had waited like 30 seconds everything would have been fine it's ch- it's frustrating but, huh, it's I, frustrating. but Aaron it's they the had to get out they, they were fighting against the dark they had to get out before sunrise the this that sort of reminds me of something because I this is another thing I had a problem with throughout this yeah, movie. Yeah, go for it. Tell me. Their whole problem, as far as they know, yes, there's like the military aspect of it. There's the B plot, but the survivors don't know about that. Even when like the the hunters come in, they don't tell them about it. They just help no. them to get out of the building. I, they don't let the survivors do the know that this hospital know is going to be bombed. Happening? Do, do they ever I demonstrate that the hunters they, know a bomb? Oh, maybe they happen? don't. Do they're not like in communication with the military at all. Hmm. Oh, that's true. You know what? Maybe they don't even know. Either way, like that's not the threat. The threat is 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 simply that they need to get out of the building before the building loses power because then they won't be able to open the door <laughs> to get out of the building, right? Yeah. So, like that's the looming threat here. They need there obviously there's the zombies, but they need to get out of the building so that the door can actually open while they still have power. They know that the generators, the reserve generators or whatever, are going to run out of power before sunrise. That's the whole thing. They're working against the dark. That's the whole movie, right? I could have been watching before sunrise. <laughs> I could have been watching before sunrise. They should have called this movie before sunrise. <laughs> so, so throughout the entire movie, the lights are like flickering on and off. And they keep talking about how the generator is starting to fail. One. That's not how generators work. They ru- they work just fine. They output the same amount of electricity as they always do until they run out of fuel and then they turn off. <laughs> like yeah. that's the There's no lights flickering. They don't there's no for an like hour before it finally dies. Yeah, there's there's no talking about how the generator is slowly coming to an end. It's working as long as it is working until it runs out of fuel and then it shuts off. That's just how they work. So the whole premise is is, is stupid. But more than that, I know The Walking Dead, the show, came out, I think it was a year after this movie, but there's an episode in The Walking Dead where they have that, that concept is like the enemy of that episode. They find a safe, they, they find the, uh, it's not the FDA, what's the office? Oh, the that CDC? They find. Yeah, the CDC office. They they find the CDC building, the guy locks them inside and says that the, uh, they're they're they find out later on that they're running out of fuel the generator doesn't have any more fuel whatever's in there is the last of it and when that fuel is finished and the generator shuts down and the facility loses power 
then because there are like viruses contained in freezers or whatever that could potentially be released into the world that's no really really bad obviously the cdc built in a backup plan so that the whole building would catch fire and explode and erase all trace of those contaminants and you have to leave the building before that happens and the main guy locks them all in there and says that's going to be a more graceful death than yeah. being eaten by zombies like that's the whole plot i, I remember that episode. Like, yeah we've all seen it it's a good episode that's like that's real drama like that's a real problem that they had to face and i understand that, that came out after this movie it's not like this movie could have known that was coming although it was based on the comic book and that came out years and years and years before the point is also that's a zombie tv show this is a vampire movie it's completely different i'm but the, the, <laughs> but the vampires and zombies don't play into that part right like the part yeah. of that is the 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 the, the tension there right is that they're locked in the building and they have to get out of the building because when the generator runs out of fuel, the building's going to explode and they're going to die. In this movie, they have to get out of the building before the generator runs out of fuel because the door won't open when you push the button. That's not how... Like we, I know we've hammered <laughs> this to death. I know we've talked about this, but that's the whole like main plot of the movie. They have to get out of there before the yeah. generator runs out of power. They're not even concerned about like the, they don't talk about the lights. They don't talk about how they'll be like you know in the dark and they won't be able to see the zombies coming. Whatever. No, 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 no. Their main concern is they have to be able to get out, otherwise the door won't open. It's a freaking door. You don't need power to open a door. Like I. <laughs> oh, oh my god, it's just so. Just gotta. It's just it. so frustrating is that i oh. it's a frustrating Ugh. movie all around i think it's very frustrating can we can i talk about one more frustrating thing that segues into my favorite line in the movie sure yeah yes Go please so my personal favorite line in the movie is a keith david one of course because <laughs> literally anything he says but also they have established like we got these vigilantes that they go, these mercenaries that they go around and they like clear out areas. They just go and they like take out, you know, zombies, look for survivors, then like move on. Um, and they even say something like, oh, they're in like sector G7, sector G7. That's the worst one. Like, oh, yeah. they're not going to be able to clear <laughs> that out before sunrise. Like it, the entire world has been taken over by these zombies. And apparently they're starting a whole zombie civilization where, you know, they are more evolved than us, but we're not going to talk about that. But, like, they are just everywhere. Apparently, the military yeah. is still mounting a strong resistance, and they can send out just mercenaries to go look for survivors, whatever. Um, <laughs> and they talk about, this is the worst, oh my gosh, this is the worst, most violent the worst area. Worst one. Which is just is this, this one, one random hospital. <laughs> this giant random hospital, which, by the way, we haven't mentioned, has, like, 13 establishing shots throughout the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just keep showing the same, like, the front... <laughs> Whoever made the miniature or the matte painting for this hospital or whatever, they wanted to make sure they got their money's worth. They just show the same front of this hospital. Like, it's like when you're watching a TV show and they come back from commercial break and, like, do the, the establish, like, you know, the Always Sunny or Brooklyn Nine-Nine and they show the establishing shot yeah. of, like, you know, the bar or the police station or whatever. But this doesn't have commercial breaks. It's a movie, but they still do that every, like, 15 minutes. Anyway. Um, but they, the people escape. Um, they do the bombing run. And uh, they complete the bombing run, and then they're magically, I don't know, now they're in communication with the you know the mercenaries again or whatever, because they get communication like, oh, they managed to get out. Like, you know, Skull and his team and, like, three survivors managed to get out before the bombing. And they're all, like, doing the end of the movie military, like, you know, high fives and handshakes all around. Like, we did it, yeah. boys. And <laughs> Excellent work, sir. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And like they get to the end of this, and Keith David literally just says, "All right, everyone, let's go home." <laughs> and I'm like, you don't have still have a whole world. Like, what do you mean, go home? What home? It's the zombie apocalypse. Well, it's the so, zombie apocalypse. Let's go home to the hospital that we just bombed the ever loving. A total of five this. people made it out alive. You bombed one. I mean, they show them carpet bombing like an entire like. 10 mile radius but in order for the survivors to live they just bomb this one hospital but whatever they bomb sector g7 the worst sector and just that literally the end of the movie is them cheering and keith david going all right everyone let's go home and then the credits roll so i actually <laughs> by far I the have, best line in that movie i have a head cannon okay I have sure a head, head for yes that's a sentence you can say i guess uh because <laughs> i think i think actually it's just like a couple city blocks that are infected. And just... <laughs> I mean, okay, go off. <laughs> because... Um, for, for a few reasons. One, because like Keith David says, okay, everybody pack up, go home, it's okay, fine. Let's go. Okay, we did our job. Mission accomplished. So like, you know, zombie apocalypse over. Uh, sorry, vampire apocalypse over. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, two... The people in, like, our survivors that we're following around know nothing about how these zombies work. Like, they're no. constantly asking each other, like, is that... I was scratched by... Does that is that an infection or not? I don't know. Does anybody know how this works? Like, it says we were scratched by it, and they, they don't question it. They just say, yeah, but they can smell blood. Yeah. Like, That's they it. just seem to make up the rules on the fly. Like, no one seems to know what the yep. rules are. Um, yep. Nobody knows how many survivors there are. Like <laughs> they several times the characters, like these two families that get mushed together, uh, they are pretty sure they're like their last survivors on earth. Like there are several <laughs> Other lines than, about like, the entire United States military. Yeah. Because they don't even seem panicked. It's just they're just kinda chilling there. They're not yeah. in like a little bunker or anything. They're just kinda set up just chilling. Yeah, the military guys just come in like they're fine they're like not even taking precautions against zombies. you never see yeah. any zombies come over and like try to hit the military guys or anything no um i think it might just be a few city blocks that these people happen to live in and they haven't made it out <laughs> of that space and like there's no information about how long the zombie outbreak has been going on it seems to be pretty new uh so because yeah, everything's still working yeah everything still works <laughs> like the backup generator in this hospital has like it's it's still going which means it has oh, plenty I of fuel do, i do like that in the hospital all the screens just say like emergency broadcast on and the emergency broadcast is like saying please evacuate and somebody says like uh it's the same thing in every place we've been in yeah like apparently every <laughs> single building in america has the same exact emergency generator and power system that like takes place over the loudspeaker and all computer monitors yeah uh so in my in my headcanon for this movie it's like just a few city blocks that are infected by uh zombie vampires and these people here are just idiots i mean uh, yeah that directly goes against like the canon of like what this movie establishes like it outright says like everyone's been affected the whole world said uh, but your explanation makes more sense like actually that, that no what the movie tells you doesn't square with what happened the person the who says that is one of the survivors oh unreliable narrator yeah i think okay, there's an unreliable okay. narrator in the opening okay, monologue you're right 
Because they also talk about knowing that there are hunters out there and hoping that they'll come save them. And then one of them goes, that's just an urban legend. Yeah, some of the people think that <laughs> hunters don't exist. Like, they've never seen one. Like, they haven't been living in this zombie apocalypse for a long time. Like, this is a... So, there are several lines that indicate this okay. is a brand new outbreak. Uh, they've never met any other... Like, they've never met any other survivors. Both groups of survivors have never met any other survivors. They, I think they have. They said, they, oh, I haven't seen said... anybody else in months. Like, yeah. How long has this been going on? Has yeah, it been it months or has it been like, like a couple months. days? Because the backup generator <laughs> in this hospital still go is still going. Yeah, I don't know much about those things, but I can't imagine they have yeah. that much that's, fuel. That's my theory. <laughs> that it's just been it okay. was just like a couple city blocks, and the military actually wiped out the whole thing. The reason the military sent in planes to blow up these few city blocks is because this is like the beginning of the outbreak and they just destroyed the whole thing and said, oh, okay, it's done now. Didn't go anywhere else. Although, Honestly, it is funny I that like that theory. That. Yeah, I mean, the theory works. And it's just funny that you say that because they like, the way they, at the start of the movie, it does seem like this hospital is just like in a city. But I'm pretty sure at the end when they do the bomb and run, it's just like the hospital is weirdly like on top of a mountain with like they did show that. <laughs> So when you say these city blocks again, your theory kind of like the movie contradicts that because like, you mean by city blocks, like you mean this one map. gigantic, like, you know, TARDIS of a hospital that is infinitely <laughs> large inside? Like, this, the, not even the zombies. The hospital itself is like an SCP or something. The hospital yeah. on the mountain in the middle of nowhere that is infinitely large and has one exit. Yeah. <laughs> that all hallways lead to. That all yeah. hallways lead to. That is legit like an SCP, like, entry. Oh, ooh, is this an SCP entry? Like, has someone Actually, made is this an, SCP entry? an SCP entry about this? For the hospital from Against the Dark? Yeah. No. No, I don't have to check. No, they didn't do that. There's no way that exists. Oh, we could write that one. Sure. Maybe this podcast can finally produce something interesting. <laughs> but uh, Aaron, I, I really you're... I really like that theory. If yeah. for no other reason yeah. than they're they're talking about like sector G seven. They're talking about it as though they have like they, they can't classify the entire world or the, even the entire United States or the entire the best part. Yes. I, it's because it is it's so frustrating. Around. Like I'm th the more I, the more we're talking about, it, the more I'm thinking about it. They're classifying sector G seven. Oh, that's the most dangerous one. What is that of how many sectors? That means there are at least what that the number of the alphabet G times or, at least oh, seven or it's like seal team six. Where yeah. they just say SEAL Team 6, so you think this is SEAL Team 1 through 5. <laughs> also, I just said, don't take my word that it's like, actually G7. I don't remember what the name look, of this Okay, was. but I, you get my point, though. <laughs> yes. Like, you can't classify the entire state of Pennsylvania in, in sectors that are small enough to encompass, like, a hospital and, a, you know, the, the, the tiny surrounding area. Like, if this is a global pandemic, then there's... <laughs> like they can't be that's not how that would work that's not how they would target something yeah. in that way it just it wouldn't make any sense and the I more think i think about it the more outbreak, angry i'm getting yeah. i think this whole zombie outbreak is at maximum like a couple cities <laughs> i like that i like that headcanon and just like these people have been that's so the cut only off explanation from the rest of humanity that they just they think it's a worldwide outbreak and it's it's not i accept that <laughs> i accept that as as canon that's valid that's the only way I can make sense of this whole thing. Is there... Are we able to put this movie 
to rest? Are we able to see the sunrise and so. put this movie to rest behind uh, us? Yeah, I think so. Uh, favorite yeah. lines? Oh, all hallways lead to the same place. Why? I that doesn't track. Doesn't make any sense. There's not even. They say it all the time. All of these hallways lead to the service entrance. What? Why? Who? There's no reason for that. Oh, I know because I work here. Okay. What? Sure. Oh, so frustrating. I mean, I of course like. All right, everyone, let's go home. I do also appreciate like one of Seagal's like four lines when he introduces <laughs> himself, just because the line itself isn't like um, that amazing, but he just says like, "I'm Tao," and then like they do like a wow, 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 like this. Like, <laughs> I should know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, he says "I'm Tao" like an hour into the movie. Yes, that's the first time we hear his name. <laughs> and they try to make it cool with this guitar, so I yeah. do appreciate that. It is like we can't stress it enough. I, we've talked about it so much, but we cannot stress enough. This man is not even remotely close to being the main character no. in this movie, as you would imagine he would be based on the poster. Yeah. Like it just he's he is so far away. He's he's one of the he is above the two women on his strike team who are killed almost immediately and below everyone else. You could completely remove him and not change the plot at all. No. <laughs> it just, it's so absurd. Uh, he does almost nothing in this movie. Uh, my favorite line, uh, we're not here to decide who's right or wrong. We're here to decide who lives or dies. Well, they decide to let a lot of people die. They decide to let a lot of people die. Like most of the named characters die. And no one at any point intimates that they desire to decide who's right or wrong. That is <laughs> no. not yeah, they're not resolving conflict, conflict or anything. in the movie. No. Not anything anybody cares about. My second favorite line, uh, I'm immune, remember? <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I don't. Remember. You, you have not mentioned that up to this point. Like an hour oh, and 20 um, minutes into this movie. Yeah. I forgot to mention this earlier real quick. We talk about how Seagal doesn't run in a lot of these movies. This is the first time where I've seen that extend to like literally every single extra on screen. Yeah. At the end of the movie, they get to the door, they hit the button. It doesn't work at first, but then it just works. They hit the button and the door opens and they're all ready to leave. And then they like hit the button again, it closes the door behind them and they run out the door. And like the zombies, the va- sorry, the zombies, the vampires, whatever. Yeah. I just appreciate that like you would think that, you know, when you're directing that scene, you'd be like, okay, you're ravenous zombies trying to chase after the last survivors. Like just go wild with it, just like sprint um like i'm picturing the one like one of the clickers in the last of us tv show i don't know who that extra was but this man just absolutely like eats it going over a counter like he is so he is on screen for 10 seconds and he fully utilizes all those 10 seconds (laughs) nobody in this movie is displaying that level of commitment no because it just shows like 20 extras on screen running after them and not a single one is above a light jog (laughs) like the door is shutting they don't know this but the place is about to be bombed and they're just kind of like nobody's sprinting nobody's ravenous (laughs) like just seeing a bunch of like people in hoodies with vaguely zombie face paint on just kind of speed walking after the survivors really got me (laughs) the cherry on top of this stellar movie Extra should be paid residuals. They put more into it. Oh, uh, my God. Every single one. <laughs> Every single one of them. That was very... That. T- if you're listening to this uh, podcast like years from now, that was very topical. Um, <laughs> but, they should uh, not be scanned into a permanent database of bodies and faces and voices for studios to use in the future, and oh, they should be paid residuals. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, 
But uh, uh, what would you watch instead? Zombie Land. The Walking Dead, the 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 one specific episode of The Walking Dead, literally any other zombie movie or any other vampire movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I saw people compare this Blade Resident Evil show or whatever. Watch I Am Legend. Hey, uh, this movie. I'm going to take that one. I need to watch I Am Legend. Kind of hints at I Am Legend and then doesn't be I Am Legend. Just watch I Am Legend. You should watch uh, Warm Bodies actually oh warm bodies okay okay that's a solid one that's a good uh uh, it's a zombie movie a reverse zombie movie yeah uh you could uh my funny answer my funny answer is you should watch um before sunrise there you go (laughs) because that's (laughs) that's actually closer to the plot of this movie in some ways um or watch twilight don't watch twilight okay uh, honestly though this movie because i think you would assume this movie is so bad it could be like camp it's not it's boring no the no. like baseball scene in twilight that is camp yeah uh, you know <laughs> you, you better hang on spider monkey that is camp like twilight is far better camp than this movie so i will give it that unequivocally mm. fair fair um, yes slay yeah so that's against the dark um don't watch it Watch literally any other zombie or vampire movie or mm-hmm. like anything vaguely associated with the horror genres. Anything with the word dark in the title uh, or against. I or give the... it two stars <laughs> uh, just for that one, mo- like a full half star just comes from that one girl filing her teeth that didn't matter. Who had the beagle mug <laughs> that said, I'm allergic to Mondays. That's that. It, it was such a such a such an unsettling lie. scene. It was such a lie because that didn't that, matter at all. It it was setting. It was right at the you, beginning of the movie. Can you give me the timestamp for when this happened. I need to rewatch this. Just that scene near the beginning. I don't. It I was don't like know. very very close to the beginning, we'll and it was. Time, we'll put the timestamp in the notes. Don't you worry, viewer. Yeah, listener. Yeah, it was very close to the beginning, and it set you up thinking like this is going to be a really creepy, weird movie. Nope. And I was actually kind of excited. <clears throat> it was a snooze because we haven't gotten that, and it really that that was lost almost immediately, yeah. and it turned into one of the most frustrating things I have ever watched. I will say I was very excited to talk about this movie with y'all. Good. Oh, I was incredible. I was incredibly excited to talk about it because it was so freaking frustrating <laughs> in like some pretty specific ways. <laughs> Just breaking genre conventions in the worst ways. I need I need like a cool down here before I go to bed. I'm gonna have to watch some Seinfeld or something. Zach nice. can go start his rewatch of uh... Twilight. <laughs> Damn it! What's your what's your comfort movie? I can't remember. Whiplash. Whiplash. <laughs> um, what's your star rating for the songs? I don't know if he's one star. One star. Oh, see, I'm surprised. I. Easily. Yours are weirdly high. I give this half a star. This is wow. down there like really. This is like uh, submerged. I gave like, Ticker half a star. I can't give this half a star. This it is doesn't like, even have Seagal in it for most of the movie. For that alone, I have to put it above submerged and Ticker. See, I'd put it above that, but this is like the upper end of a half star for me. This was just bad. This was boring. This was waste. This is a waste of time. Like. <laughs> Against the dark, more like against my will, because I will literally never watch this <laughs> piece of crap again. Uh, I get, I'm giving it two stars just for, like I said, the Beagle mug that says I'm allergic to Mondays. <laughs> uh, Keith David's here. 
Okay, I am currently watching the beginning of this movie. I'm looking for the guy that files her teeth and has the beagle mug that says, I hate Mondays. Because once I see that, maybe I'll bump that up to a star. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for that. I'll give you a star I'll bump that. that up to one star. Yeah. To one, I'll bump it up. One half of that star is for Keith David. The other half of that star is for the gal with the filed teeth and the beagle mug. And that is the only stars this movie has. One star total. And it had to fight for that one star. I That's just, about I, where I'm at. It's just sucks. I was watching this and like, I want to start a collection of all the good mugs from these Seagal movies. So far, we have two really good oh, mugs. We do have two. <laughs> oh, no. It's, Wait, uh, I'm oh, allergic no. to Mondays and Black by Popular Demand. Those are, <laughs> those are the two good mugs. <laughs> oh, no. I regret to inform you. There's another funny thing this movie does. It. Oh, no. What is it? I regret I to inform you that when you're watching this movie, <sighs> it is a blink and you'll miss a detail. Like, this has too much thought in it. At <coughs> 1 minute and 23 seconds, you can see it on screen for, like, like literally, like, 3 seconds, maybe. There's You see a movie theater marquee, and at the movie theater, uh, apparently they're playing the movie Day of the Dead. Um, <laughs> so, that's just a fun little attention to detail that like nobody should or probably has noticed oh somebody in the art department was like caring about things like oh let's do a little for this little background thing that's gonna be on screen for like one second let's throw one let's get this quote right let's i guess if i have to have if i have to say something nice about this movie set deck did a really good job yeah. Like that that hospital, the world's biggest hospital that they spend the entire movie trying to get out of for some freaking reason, it actually does look like a very convincing enormous hospital. Yeah. It does look like an SCP entry hospital. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Close this out, Aaron. Um that was Against the Dark. Uh this has been even see it all which has been a radio show the entire time Ooh. i don't know if you knew that <laughs> what is this this is my late night radio Pretty announcer awesome. voice <laughs> I, think okay, I, but I feel like you're going for like charming fireside chat but really i'm just getting like i'm really i'm just getting call in and tell me about your encounters with ufos like it is 4 a.m. and, and you are no, listening no, no, no. to Call in and radio. tell me about your encounters with vampires. <laughs> yeah, actually, we should start like a cryptozoologist, like AM radio, like Ooh. hack, like call in, like <laughs> call in and tell us about how you saw the zombie vampire in your experience. Oh, we have a caller. We have a caller from Missouri. Come in. Yeah, I was just walking down the street and I got trapped in this hospital that's mysteriously big and there were zombie vampires in there, but it was really, it was a worldwide infection that was only contained in its one location. Yes, yes, yes. That is a classic symptom of one of these infections. Yes, you, yes, thank you for calling in. Like, that's what the show becomes. Yeah. So, thanks for listening, listener. We'll see you <laughs> next week for, I don't know what the next movie is, actually. It's probably some garbage. I mean, most likely. Odds are. Statistically speaking. We'll, We're we'll, getting to you'll, the you'll end. You'll hear us next week for some garbage. <laughs> We're getting to the end of the the middle bit. We're going to be on to the last one. Driven to kill. Driven to kill. Next week. A former Russian mobster named Ruslan is oh, now a crime novelist. Oh, no. <laughs> Returns home and discovers his daughter... Is marrying his arch nemesis. Wait, what? 
His past also uh. comes back to haunt him when his family is threatened. Hungry for justice, Ruslan returns to the life he oh, once Oh, they should have called this with movie Hungry vengeance. for Justice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, well, dang, I'm excited we at for Steven C. at all. <laughs> we here at Steven C. at all are not here to determine who's wrong and who's right. We're here to determine who lives and who dies. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> there you found it. I'm going to stop my recording now. That's, yeah, I'll stop now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sure, maybe this podcast can finally produce something interesting.